Hey everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of, hopefully, one of your favorite podcasts, Pop Cannon. Undoubtedly one of your favorite podcasts. Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, everything else that's in there. The um, whole shebang. All of them. They're all, they all happen in a week. We're all there together and everybody's happy because they're spending it with their family. And that is kind of what we're talking about here today. We, if you follow us on social media, which I'm assuming you do because why else would you be listening to this? Um, we ran a massive 64 film greatest holiday movie tournament. And we started it the second week of November because we are poor at planning. And we did two <laughs> matchups a day for over a month. And everybody was very patient with us about it. <laughs> and um, we determined a winner. You guys determined a winner. We just added the numbers. And uh, the winner of that tournament, which wasn't a surprise to some, was Christmas Vacation. And that is the topic of the conversation today, more or less. So let's talk Christmas Vacation a little bit. Um, it's a film from 1989. Yes. Right before my time, but definitely before your time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> slightly. Slightly. Not, not too much. However, right. um, I didn't see this film until I was an adult. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, this was never something... That, like, my family watched together. We never did anything like that. So I have no, like, childhood memories of this. Um, so it's just stuff. From... Were there movies that you guys did watch? Or yeah. was it just not? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it just wasn't Christmas Vacation. Okay, okay. And I could kind of see why, because, like, as a kid, I guess it it's not really that fun and exciting. Like, no. yeah, there's the slapstick humor in it. Yeah. But... There's a lot of older people talking, and that's not fun. Yeah. Which gets funnier the more I watch it with age. Yeah, know? absolutely. Absolutely. It's definitely one of those ones that the more you experience life, the funnier this gets. Because for a lot of the characters, I feel like they're not necessarily a per like a they're not a person in the movie. They're like the caricature of that person in your life. So it's easy to paste yourself among that family to see who those people are to you. Yeah. Um, and that's, I, it, this is written by John Hughes, who is like the fucking man for 80s movies and just like, like a nice hearted tale about something. Most of the time it's coming of age, not necessarily in this, but a lot of John Hughes's stuff uh, was coming of age, teenage angst stories uh he's like one of the best to ever do it um which i thought was interesting because he also wrote home alone uh <laughs> also in so, the tournament also in the tournament and christmas vacation beat home alone to get to the final matchup um which is which is funny it was like the john the john hughes bowl we yeah. had going on um but yeah so i just I I always the see my family did watch this movie. My family wasn't we there were nights where the kids had like all the Christmas movies and there were nights where the adults would watch like this and maybe one of the other older folk 
not really that whimsical for children to watch movies like Mixed Nuts or something. Uh, Trading Places was another one that was big in my family. Um, See, I had never even seen like comedy comedy for us was always like the glue so that was all that i watched so i didn't watch like fantastic classic films when i was younger we watched comedies it didn't matter what the hell it was um that was that's just our our dna that's all that it was so this was definitely always on every year for for christmas nice um and you were talking about John Hughes before saying how kind of, it's just the chaotic family scenario, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of like a cookie cut where you can take an aspect of a character, even if it's not spot on, but you could envision someone in your family, the weird cousin that nobody invited. Um, you know, the older folks that don't know what's going on, the overbearing mother, Ellen, yeah, Beverly uh, D'Angelo is the name of the actress. Beverly D'Angelo is the actress. Uh, <laughs> yeah, her her character's mother, played by the mother from Everybody Loves Raymond, who mm-hmm. that became like a career role for her to be the overbearing uh, asshole mother, <laughs> and she does it fantastic. And yeah. especially in this, she's fantastic. Like uh, when Ellen lights up a cigarette in the kitchen, instantly she's like, "Are you smoking again?" <laughs> And that's right after she delivers one of my favorite lines of the movie, uh, which is, what can I say except it's Christmas, everyone's in misery. <laughs> so true. And it's it's funny, too, because, like, this year is so weird with, you know, the, the way that the world is with the coronavirus right now. And yeah. uh, I know, like, there's more stricter lockdowns right now going yeah. on in Pennsylvania, at least. But it's fun to to watch the movie. I just recently rewatched it last night, yeah. and uh, it, it's fun to like see those moments and see those interactions, and like mm-hmm. it brings back memories of like those types of interactions with your extended family, and it's so yeah. fun. Yeah, and that's and that's like the. I don't know, like the through line through the film is Clark just wants to have a good old fashioned family Christmas. Like that's it. He just wants all of the aunts and uncles, like everybody there, the whole family's in one house together and we just get through Christmas. And uh, that's what happens when you do that kind of thing. Um, This year, obviously for people is going to be a lot different, but you can remember last year and every year before that. Uh, if you had, if you've ever had, like, if you had a Christmas where you had aunts and uncles at the house and just like people you didn't even really know were there for food and shit, like, cause that was when I was younger, man, when I lived in New Jersey, that was like every Christmas, every holiday season, we were there at my grandparents' house every weekend, everyone would come over. It was like the hub of everything. Like in the movie, uh clark goes upstairs to hide ellen's gift and then he finds the mother's day gift from seven years before that or something that he hid in the same place (laughs) and then they forget him when they go out to get breakfast they just leave him in the house and (laughs) they're like uh uh, ellen's trying to decide should she go try to find him and her dad is like i have to eat so i could take my pill for my back let's go 
And it's little things like that for me that make this movie so real because there absolutely is a man in your family <laughs> that would not give a shit if you were in the car as long as he was able to take his medication. <laughs> He'll take the other car. It's fine. He's got another car in the, in the garage. It's okay. Meanwhile, he's locked in the fucking attic for an hour. He's dressed up so he can stay warm. <laughs> and he's watching old movies on a fucking <laughs> on a film reel. <laughs> it, it's funny, too, because for some reason, while I watched this movie the other night, I watched it like in a super critical way, which I never really did before. So I looked okay. over at her and I was like, why wouldn't anyone in that family say i'm gonna stay with dad because they're not in a rush to right. pile into a car <laughs> one car yeah even that's they what i'm saying their own vehicle <laughs> i know i think that it's i think that it's like they unseen in the film or like like just like the subtext was it was discussed we were going out for breakfast and then we were going to go shopping and like everybody like they had to set a time like just imagine it with your family they had to set a time where everybody was going to be at the fucking car yeah. and if you're not at the car we're leaving without you because we don't have time for this there's too many people and clark just happened to not be at the car because his mother-in-law locked him in the attic um which is a great it's a great scene he he gets the he gets to step on the planks and smash himself in the face and then fall through the ceiling and shit and that that one's like great, but that's not even close to my favorite part of the movie. Like, no, no. it's not. But it's so memorable, and just Chevy Chase as Clark Griswold is just there's a there's like a magnetism to him. I don't know what it is that you're just like captivated by this dude that's just trying so hard, and it, nothing fucking works. Yeah, and and he's he's got such good comedic timing. Oh my God. But he also can deliver like really good sentimental scenes. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So the scene, the scene right after he has the, the, the vision of the pool in the backyard. Yeah. Uh, where he sees his cousin. I think it's actually Ellen's cousin. I don't think that it's his cousin. I think it's her cousin, Eddie, but I could be mistaken. Correct me in the comments, please. Um, <laughs> um, but he sees him out on the diving board and he's wearing a guinea tee tucked into his speedo. Did you notice that? No. His, he ha he's wearing one. Uh, I, I grew up calling them something different. Guinea tee is what we always called them. They're a shirts technically. Um, but he's wearing one and it's, they're super long and he has it tucked into his speedo and it's hanging out the sides of it. <laughs> and, and that's in and that's just in clark's vision of what that fucking guy would do he just knows that that's some shit that he would be wearing yeah with his stupid fucking hat on and he's got the floaty around his waist <laughs> um but so right after that uh what the hell is her name ruby may or whatever the fuck <laughs> cousin eddie's daughter's name is yeah something like that some fucking hillbilly shit <laughs> uh she comes into the kitchen and she's like sandy claws which i think was their attempt at doing like a little bit of a grinch homage yeah um and he sits down and he has like a nice conversation with her about like christmas and family and just be good and all that shit so he's able to do both where he's screaming about his boss 
uh, later on in the film and then also talking to the child like a nice guy yeah and like the crazy wacky zany classic chevy chase bits that wouldn't really feel as clark griswold as they feel if it wasn't chevy chase i feel like yeah well that's an interesting point that you bring up because when we were watching it uh, a few days ago and then i rewatched it today as well um we were discussing like if you were gonna recast like shoot the same movie but just recast it with people that are current actors now what would that cast look like and we could not for the life of us come up with who would play chevy chase but the guy next door todd the like super hip futuristic smug couple that are just gonna do their own thing and they don't care about the holidays or whatever they're above it because they're from the future or whatever (laughs) um i think john ham would be perfect for that guy (laughs) yes and i can't when I watch it now, I just want to see John Hamm do it. See, I want John Hamm and Allison Brie. That's perfect. I think that would be great. That's perfect. I couldn't think of who to play Julia Louis-Dreyfus either, Margot. Um, I couldn't think of, but the Allison Brie would be fantastic for that. Yeah. But Clark would have to be like, the uh, today was the first time I thought of somebody for it, and I'm not thrilled about it, but... Uh, Steve Carell was somebody that I thought would be able to nail that because so. of the because of the fast talking when he's trying to correct himself stuff that he does or like the scene at the beginning of the film where they're at the mall and he's talking to the woman that he's clearly flustered by um, like that it's I just could the 40 year old virgin I could see Steve Carell doing that bit in a way, and then looking at his son and be like, you can't see the lines, can you, Russ? <laughs> and then Chevy goes... <laughs> see, but then you'd have to cast Chevy in you, some sort of cameo role. One of the older grandparents. Yeah. It'd be perfect. Yeah. The, the uh, Uncle Lewis or whatever, the guy that lights the tree on fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Dude, um, I'm totally down to fucking do it. I think it'd be fantastic. Woody Harrelson would be great as Cousin Eddie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Are we just doing this now? Or are we just no, I just casting? I just thought I thought of it because you brought it up. And I was like, oh, fuck, you actually went there because I had that in my brain already. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who would play Russ. It could the be kid, anybody. The kid dude. from Stranger Things. I don't. The kid from Stranger Things. I think the kid from the Goldbergs would have been perfect, but he's a little too old now. Mm. He'd have been perfect for Russ. And then who? Uh, could, I mean, the daughter could be uh, the chick that um, plays Eleven on Stranger yeah, Things. Sure. Like, <laughs> why not? The fu- the greatest, the bit, the the best thing about the vacation movies, like the running bit. Is that those kids are never played by the same people. Yeah. So, like, that's why Chevy does the thing where he turns around and he goes, Russ! And he's like, oh, I'm right right fucking here, Dad. Literally on top of you. <laughs> oh. Like, he never knows what his son looks like. That's the bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, really, you could cast anybody. Like, sure. It doesn't fucking matter. whatever. Fuck throw it. him in there. Um, but I definitely think that of the vacation movies... 
Uh, I think there's a total of technically five, if you count the reboot with Ed Helms, which was not bad. It was funny. Um, I thought so anyway. I didn't see it. So. I'm sure people will give me shit for thinking that that was funny, but I thought it was funny. Um, of the vacation movies being Vacation, European Vacation, Christmas Vacation, and Vegas Vacation, I think that this is absolutely the best one and the most memorable and rewatch it because i mean we watch it every year yeah i don't sit down in the summertime and go let's throw on vacation you know <laughs> like it's not one of those things let me but throw on movie, euro trip right <laughs> like this is this movie is one of those movies that we always come back to and i think it's a lot to do with the family sentimentality that they put into it yeah now one of my issues with this movie is it feels like very disjointed as an actual film okay it's it's very all over the place Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm um you just almost it's almost done in a series of vignettes through the advent calendar yes yes which i don't hate once you once you realize what they're doing because it took me several viewings as an adult or like once i started to watch it to go Oh, I get it. They're just taking you through every day. Not every day, but like most days, what date that is and like through the advent calendar thing. Because I never understood that as like a bumper when I was younger watching this. I had no idea what the hell that was trying to tell me. It's just a transition, you know. But like, so, so that initially was what I was going to follow up with was that like, Mm -hmm after after figuring out what they're going for and kind of looking at it through a different perspective i have way more appreciation for it mm-hmm. um especially like even thinking like okay maybe all of these things didn't exactly happen like within the same week or whatever but right, like, right. These it, moments could happen throughout the years. I think, I think that the advent calendar itself starts like December thirteenth is the first yeah. time you see one, and that's when they put the lights on the house, uh, and then it takes you all the way through Christmas Eve. This is, I think, one of the only Christmas movies, uh, especially that was in the tournament, but just in general, because we got most of them. I feel like um, there were some omissions. I know. Um. But this, like, is the only one that doesn't show you Christmas Day. Like, it ends on Christmas Eve, and that's it. Um, I, which is I like, something... never even thought about that. But, yeah. yeah. I, I always appreciated that we never got Christmas Day in this, because in my family, Christmas Eve was Christmas. See, in my like family, Christ... Christmas Day was Christmas. Like, like, Christmas Day, we would open our presents, but whatever happened the rest of the day was whatever you're going to have dinner. And that was the thing. Christmas Eve was the celebration. Like we weren't all getting together Christmas day to celebrate. We all got together Christmas Eve to celebrate. And then we'd all go home and then have Christmas day. Like Christmas Eve was the day that we celebrated. So I always appreciated that that was where we ended up in this film. Yeah. But there were, there's a couple other things, obviously cousin Eddie, just as a character is, unbelievable and fucking randy quaid dude like i gain more appreciation for that performance every year because there's he does so many little things that are just like what the fuck dude very (laughs) subtle very like 
completely encapsulating what that character is. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, (laughs) when he, when he, like when he's doing the iconic shitters full scene, I never noticed until I was an adult, at least that he's wearing loafers and dress socks while he's doing that. Yeah. Not to mention that he's drinking a beer and smoking a cigar at nine o'clock in the morning and just getting it it everywhere. (laughs) Just getting the shit everywhere. But like, the fact that he's out there in his like the only probably the only shoes that he brought because he knows it's going to be dressy inside. Yeah, <laughs> hey, gotta wear my shoes. What am I supposed to do? Not wear shoes outside? Yeah, like fucking hilarious. And the fact that he's like, I think he was being overly friendly when people would see him to throw off what he was doing. Yeah, to, so nobody would get upset because he's going Merry Christmas. How yeah. you doing? Like you know? offsetting the off puttingness of it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's absolutely intentional, I feel like. Yeah, and, like, one of the things that I noticed while watching it last night is when they're in the grocery store, and right yes. before Clark says, like, oh, well, m- me and me and Ellen want to give you and the kids a, a good Christmas. Yep. And he's just throwing four <laughs> bags of dog food. They have one dog, but he's throwing four bags. He's stocking up. <laughs> And Cheyenne looks at me because he knows because like, he knows Clark's buying. Yeah, so he's just getting as much dog food as he can. Yeah, I was gonna say Cheyenne pointed out to me like, yeah, they're just stocking up for because yeah. because <laughs> and he's distracting buying. him with the conversation so he doesn't see what he's doing. And then Clark puts something on top of the third bag, and he grabs a different brand and crushes it, and you hear the glass shatter. <laughs> It's such like subtle things like that mm-hmm. uh, that you can uh, definitely appreciate. This the 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 iconic lighting of the house scene um is hilariously played by everybody who they disappointment and happiness and disappoint like they just keep riding that wave until it finally fucking works. But I every single time I watch this movie, I lose my shit when I see his connection set up in his garage where they're all just in extensions yeah. of each other. And she lifts fucking... it up at one point and like it, like out of from out of frame more pop up. <laughs> and when it works, they cut to his electrical meter and it's just fucking pinned spinning (laughs) and then the town loses power and it cuts to the nuclear reactor site pushing more power to auxiliary power because they're losing i fucking lose it every time that happens every time because in a script like cut to you know pulled back of the house as you see the town loses power cut to emergency fucking (laughs) Like, oh my god. Just that little just that little bit of just like absurdity to yeah. it just makes it so much more fucking funny. Because yeah. his house is just lined with lights that were a bitch to put up for him by himself. <laughs> oh god. And he's just like in his glory. Yeah, when they're lit up because he that's all he wanted to do was just prove that he could do it. And then, you know, everybody says, like, everybody gives him, like, a congratulatory thing. And his dad is like, it's a mute cock. 
uh, <laughs> and then he, he says, you taught me everything I need to know about exterior illumination. <laughs> uh, which, like, I, to this day, don't know if he's being sarcastic. You know? No, like, I think he's being dad... sincere because I think he loves Christmas. I think the character of Clark Griswold loves, loves the idea Christmas. of Christmas. Yeah. Uh, the idyllic Christmas from like the, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Um, but then that's when cousin Eddie shows up and he also congratulates Clark. <laughs> so like all of that was happening and nobody noticed that Eddie had parked in the driveway and got out and walked around everyone to stand there. <laughs> yeah. To wait his turn to say congratulations. <laughs> and then, and then Clark goes, uh, or no, Eddie goes, surprise Clark. And he goes, Eddie. If I woke up tomorrow morning with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be any more excited, or any more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> it kills Just me every time. The dialogue. The delivery. The deadpan fucking delivery of that. Like, he had that in his register ready to go. Just, like, fucking fired it out. He, like, he does that, though. And I also mm -hmm. feel like I was watching it and I'm going, is he actually saying these things out loud or is he just imagining him saying <laughs> That he's these saying things? those things. Because, I mean, if they ever, if they ever went into that universe, like, a little differently, you could probably get away with thinking that he's just thinking those things rather than saying them. But I yeah. think he's just outright saying them. Well, probably. Especially towards the end of the film where he's just given up. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But I'm just saying, like, oh, my God, what if they treated this like Deadpool? Like, I just had that thought right, in my right, brain. Right, where he's breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. <laughs> like, when he's just like, kiss my ass, kiss my kiss ass, ass, kiss, kiss, his, kiss ass. his ass. Happy Go Hanukkah. <laughs> So, so good. good so good and his and his job was such a weird thing like the thing that he was at work for because i always like listening to like the little shit that they say yeah like the 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 script filler where which is stuff that you can ad lib out if you want to because it's not part of the story but it's those like small comedic beats within like trying to get to the laugh for the next thing um and his job he had come up with, or he was like the guy that was leading the project on some sort of lacquer for cereal that prevents milk from getting into it. Like a coating, like a protective coating. Yeah, so coating he's, for they cereal. keep saying it's a non, oh, non nutritional or something like that, <laughs> something to that effect. So it has no nutritional value whatsoever, but it's keeping the milk out of the cereal so the cereal stays harder longer. That's what his job was in the film. <laughs> And he's been there 17 years. <laughs> Apparently he's like this fucking genius scientist. And we don't know. We've never explored Clark Griswold at work. You know what I mean? And the whole time I'm sitting there going like, how much does he get for a, a Christmas bonus that he was like banking on this money? Like, Dude, he again, in the little things in the script, the deposit he put on the pool was $7,500. The deposit. Unbelievable. <laughs> so he's counting on this bonus to pay for the rest of the pool. 
who knows how much the fucking actual price of the fool was. And then at the end of the movie, when his boss reverses course and gives him double what he used to get for his thing, he passes out because it's so much money. Yeah. So who knows how much he makes as a scientist who wears a suit to work every day. Well, when he passed out, I said like out loud, I went, well, that makes sense because like that's just a, a, a ton of money. Yeah, it has to be. (laughs) <laughs> it was all just a big misunderstanding fucking bill murray's brother in that role dude so good such so good he fucked his name up every time and like walking in to see like his office and his yeah. extraordinarily long uh dining room table that he has as a desk <laughs> yeah it's so impractical it is, and he well because he has so many meetings, he just has a desk that's a conference table. Yeah, I was like, and is he, he just in the conference room? Like, and he Clark brings in a gift for him, and he says, "I'll just leave it with the rest of them," and they're all the same shape. Yeah, they're all like the pen thing for your desk that you could put paper clips in and shit. Like the two in one kind of deal at the same time. Everyone bought him one. <laughs> I wonder, like, how much one of those cost in nineteen eighty nine. I don't know that it was a nice enough gift for your boss. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. If Um, we were like a really professional podcast, we'd have these statistics for our listeners. However, I like to, I like to just pretend that we know, let's say they were a hundred dollars, a hundred dollars. That makes sense. 1989. Fuck it. Uh, Prove us wrong in the comments below. Maybe it was, maybe it was like a opal and jade or something. You don't know if it was a nice stone. Could, could very well have been marble. You don't know. Uh, what Clark's. what was the pen made out of? <laughs> oh man, I do. I I love I love that movie. The scene with the, the sledding scene. Yes, where Clark rubs that stuff that he got from his company on it. <laughs> his scientific, his, whatever his scientific company. Oh, this is the stuff that they put on the outside of something to prevent something. Was his line about it. And he fucking rubs it on there and gets it all greased up. <laughs> and then just fucking, I think, went 15 miles down a hill and across a street and spit fucking fire behind him when he was on the pavement. <laughs> that every time, dude, when I see the sparks, I lose my shit because that he's going still so fast. Yeah, yeah. That the friction is There's so, so much, much friction happening oh man yeah that's a great scene Uh, and then eddie finds it later (laughs) while he's cleaning out the thing and it's the fucking hole it's just it's just burned through it's singed through (laughs) oh that's great um one of the one of the bits that made me laugh out loud that has never really done that on previous viewings okay was the the old people at the table right before grace mm. and then he's he looks at her the uncle looks at her and he's like the blessing oh and my she's god like what and he's like the blessing <laughs> yeah. but he's like pointing uh-huh. at his mouth but he's like, like just read it just read it but he's it not says. talking with his lips right he's talking with his teeth and for some reason that made me laugh hysterically yeah. for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. I couldn't get over how relatable that moment <laughs> is. <laughs> like, 
Oh, it just my I could hear my aunt Lou going, "What? Uh-huh. Just, the uh-huh. the blessing." I do that. I do that to Amanda all the time where she's asked me to repeat myself at least twice. I point at my mouth and I go, "The blessing." <laughs> They want you to say Grace. Grace? She died 30 years ago. <laughs> oh, man. And he's just like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking good. And then she says the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah. To which Eddie, uh, who is, we've, I don't know if we knew about him early in earlier movies, but we find out that he's a veteran because he said he went to the VA and they put a new plate in his fucking head. So, upon hearing the Pledge of Allegiance, stands up and puts his hand over his heart. <laughs> Play ball! <laughs> well, that's the... I think, like... That was at the end. Yeah. But, that, but that's still because she sings the national anthem instead of a Christmas. <laughs> Cheyenne says that every time someone says, say grace, she wants to start saying uh, the national anthem or the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah. yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. It's per. Everybody will know the joke that you're making yeah. and everyone will fucking go in for it. Yeah. Because it's that funny. Hopefully there's somebody at the table that stands up and puts their hand over their heart. That's all. <laughs> if you, if you do that, let us know. <laughs> Be that anchor. Yeah. Um, And then I think, I guess the other thing, I love the opening scene with the car. Yeah. Um, Where they're going, where they're, there's always an asshole on the road on uh, always an asshole on the road period period but especially when you're traveling during the holidays and they were only going to get a tree um but still travel nonetheless on a road that was otherwise desolate and those guys could have absolutely gone around him rather no than issues. that they ride his ass yeah. and it becomes a whole fucking thing yeah. um where she's screaming at him to not provoke them and he's like, I just want to get in front of them and, and get over yeah. so they're out, out of my rear view. And that's obviously not going to happen. Right. Um, I always love that fucking scene. I do that now. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm not going to let this go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. ride this person's ass. Yep. Yep. I've had several situations. Like every time I go up to Pennsylvania, it happens to me at least one time. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> it happens all the time. Um. And then I guess the other thing would be the neighbors. We mentioned them yeah. earlier, Todd and Margot. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of, shout out to uh, Sarah, Sarah and her dog, Margot, who was uh, right. partially named after Margot from the movie. So. Yep. Which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I love every every bit that they're in, I think, is a highlight in this movie. Just because they're like... There's the antithesis of what Clark's trying to do. He wants a good old-fashioned family Christmas. They are um, modern and shit, so they don't have like a family coming over for the holidays. Yeah. They're not necessarily decorated in the way that you would normally decorate. They're just trying to like go out and do their thing and not like escape Christmas, but they're definitely not like celebrating. Yeah, Christmas. they're like avoiding it. Meanwhile, the chaos next door infringes upon their ability to do that. Yeah. Um, the bit with the the tree immediately. Where <laughs> where are you gonna? Where do you think you're gonna put that? Bend <laughs> and over like, and let me show you. How dare you talk to me that way? And he's like, <laughs> I, I wasn't, wasn't talking, talking to, to you. you, but the way he <laughs> emphasized <laughs> you. 
So good. Uh, But like, yeah, they uh, basically just wanted to be left alone and kept kept getting the short end of the stick at every turn. Um, The fucking ice that goes through the window and then melts before they get home. So they don't know what happened. (laughs) Why is the carpet wet, Todd? I don't know, Marco. (laughs) I think that is my favorite scene. Really? In this movie. It's one of them. It's definitely top three. Well, and then, and then later on, uh, when the lights go on and they get they're they're like, so the only thing that sucks about that is that because it's a movie, they have to light that room enough to let you see what happens. Yeah. Um, I think if it were made now, it would probably have be be a little bit darker in that room to really get a point the point across because it's not very dark, so you don't know why they're tripping over everything. Yeah. Um, but imagine that room is pitch black when you watch that fucking scene, and then you'll realize why it's so jarring for them and they're falling down the stairs and shit, uh, which is just hilarious. And he definitely has a concussion. <laughs> like... <laughs> sure. And if he didn't get one then. After Margot goes over to tell them to be quiet and she gets attacked by the squirrel and the dog, <laughs> she comes back and punches him in the face and knocks him over the fucking couch. He's <laughs> like, what happened to you? And she's just like, whack! <laughs> oh my fucking god. Awesome. Fucking awesome. Yeah, and like, if they weren't written as assholes... Yeah. You would feel so bad for them. You really would. <laughs> Cuz like if they weren't snobby but immediately, about shit. Yeah. They're immediately unsavory in every way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's nothing to like about them. Which like props to John Hughes for being able to like weave that thread and everything. Yeah, because it's just it's another external force that Clark he doesn't really have to deal with them, but like with everything they're there. Yeah. It's part <laughs> you know? of Christmas, like dealing right. with your neighbors. Oh, your yep. neighbors have to comment on you decorating. You yeah, know, like yeah. it's that yeah. kind of scenario. Yep. It's just relatable at every level for every age, really, but especially once you've hit a certain part of your adulthood where you've dealt with this stuff already. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, for me, it's, it's in the same vein as like Seinfeld. And things like that, where the humor is just derived from the things that are happening and what's being said, rather than like a kooky scenario that they have to. I mean, sometimes that's in there, but that those happen. Yeah. So (laughs) they just turn everything up all the way across. And I think that that's why this is so successful and endearing, because there's a lot of like real family Christmas moments in this. Yeah. That for sure that are that are that are fun and and nice and sweet and Clark reads the night before Christmas, you know, before his boss gets dumped at his doorstep in a big bow because his cousin fucking kidnapped him. Which is such like an insane concept, but yeah. if anyone would be able to do it, it would be cousin cousin Eddie. Eddie. Well, so I never. I never like I don't I don't know that I ever noticed it before but like Clark does that whole thing where he calls his boss like 31 things um 
And he said, like, no, what I really want for Christmas is my boss in a big red fucking bow. Mm. And so I could tell him what, uh, and then he runs into the whole thing. Yeah, which was um, incredible. Oh, my God. And then and then they cut to Eddie for a brief moment going, because he doesn't have any money. Yeah. But what can he give Clark that Clark wants? Yeah. So then they show the the his motorhome pulling out of the driveway. Then they show it parked at a big house, and they show it coming back. Like, but I don't think I ever paid attention or realized that that's what was happening until when I watched it a few years ago. So I was like, oh, they were showing you that he was doing it the whole time. Yeah. Because initially, I remember, or what I think I remember from it was like Eddie just disappears and then fucking pops up with him. Yeah. You know, rather than showing you the beats that he's going, he's there, and he's coming back. And it's interesting because in that tangent that Clark goes on, he mentions the neighborhood that yeah, he lived in. like the in. street name or yeah, whatever. Yeah, like his says. street yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, like, by process of elimination, I guess he figured it out. <laughs> Just guessed which but like, house it was. He, I mean, he probably the looked him up or something. Like, yeah. But, he's a resourceful guy. But, yeah, like, you don't notice that he even says it. No, Until, it's such a small, yeah. like, little. It's a throwaway line. Yep, yep, and that's why I think it's so. Like repeat viewings, you oh, like every time I watch it, I'm like, picking up another little thing and another little yeah. thing and another little. You'll thing find like something that. new to fall in love with. You'll find something new yeah. to relate to, and you'll find yeah. something new that's like funnier. Mm-hmm. So like, like the scene where um, Clark and Eddie are talking earlier in the film and they're both drinking out of the moose glasses like the wally world yeah. moose like mascot um never noticed those glasses before and then when i worked at the bookstore they were selling them and it said christmas vacation emblazoned all over it and i'm like i don't remember ever seeing a cup in that fucking movie why are we selling these and then I watch it again, and then I'm like, holy shit, what a pull from the movie to fucking merchandise something. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's drinking the eggnog out of it. And then that's the scene where Eddie is wearing a V-cut white uh, sweater with a fucking dummy turtleneck underneath it. And you could see the black outline on his white shirt from where it leaves off. <laughs> see, I never, like... <laughs> picked up on that initially but like yeah. i think on like the third viewing i was like wait a minute yeah <laughs> that's so There's just funny this big black fucking square on his chest <laughs> and that's what he goes over to the one decoration that's like the it's like a uh, i don't want to be wrong and say that it's something but it's like a german thing where there's like all the little wood pieces that are on it and it like spins and shit and he touches like one of them and it all just fucking falls apart and clark's like i'll I'll get it i'll get it he just like walks away he's just like whatever (laughs) which is such a thing that would happen like you go to someone's house and like your cousins are over and they're like fucking with your shit yeah and you're like just stop i'll just put it away yeah yeah he's like i'll just pick it up i'll pick it up it's fine um yeah i mean so much I feel like we don't even scratch the surface of the movie. No. We talked about the whole fucking thing, basically. I know, I know. Like <laughs> one of one of the funniest moments for me too in the movie is uh, when his boss's wife is on the phone mm. with the police. Mm-hmm. Yes, he mm-hmm. was a large, very large man. You know, he was he in was a blue a leisure, leisure suit. suit. 
<laughs> like it's, it's going to be hard to find yeah. that guy, right? And they know exactly where to go. Yeah. They know exactly where he where he went. Like, and that's the here comes Santa Claus uh picks up at that moment and like that as the police are arriving at the house, which I think is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, that when the police break into the fucking house, it's just crazy. It's so crazy. Um oh the the turkey that they have on Christmas Eve. Yes. Um, Clark makes the, a big proclamation to the whole table that's like, well, if this turkey's half as good as it looks, <laughs> we're in for a real treat. And he digs the knife in and it fucking deflates. <laughs> like you see like gas leave it. <laughs> there's like air, there's like smoke or something pouring out of it. <laughs> it goes... <laughs> It's a little dry. Oh my god! And then he's dipping it in the water, and he's eating it, which I fucking. And then Ellen is scooping it with her fork and flipping it, and then she pretends to put it in her mouth every time. Oh, and then his cousin goes, "Save the neck for me, Clark. <laughs> Nobody's fighting you for the neck. <laughs> you can eat a regular turkey dinner and still get the neck. Nobody's fighting you for the neck bone. Nobody." Uh, <laughs> and that was, I think that's the same, is that the same scene where, where Clark like redirects? Yeah. I think that he's like, Oh, the, they picked up, uh, they picked up Santa Claus going south. Yeah. Whatever the fuck he says. You, you know, serious, he's headed Clark? over Detroit or some shit. And he fucked, there's a beat where Eddie's eating and he's like processing what he just heard. And he goes, you serious? Clark? <laughs> I, the first time that I watched this movie, that I was getting all of all of the jokes. You know what I mean? The first time that I watched it that way, which is like watching it brand new. Yeah. I lost it when he said that. I had to pause it because I couldn't breathe. I couldn't hear anything. I was on the floor rolling around fucking laughing my ass off because of just the sincerity, you know? And he's not being sarcastic for the sake of his children. They already don't think Santa Claus exists because he didn't give him gifts last year. <laughs> because <laughs> he's been out of work for seven years because he's holding out for a management position <laughs> fuck the dialogue is so good it is the dialogue is fucking unbelievable uh, but to pause and like finish chewing and then be like Are you serious Clark <laughs> fuck dude kills me every time like I think that that's my favorite moment yeah in the movie because i don't know if it's my favorite like there's so many great fucking scenes yeah in it but like that i think is my favorite interaction or favorite moment where he says that because it's just it's like it's subtle because like if you're not necessarily paying attention you miss the whole thing you know if yeah. you're fucking on your phone and that moment happens it's gone you know and you never even know that it happened they don't fucking hover on any of no. it. no you know if you if you hear it you get it if you don't, you don't, and they just keep moving to the end of the film. Yeah. And uh, Cheyenne pointed something out to me, too, the way that she interprets the film, because we were talking about it after watching it, mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. like, it's a family who deals with constant bad luck. Yeah. But oh yeah, in the end, karma actually works out for them. Right. Because so, they're always down on their luck, and then something comes through. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. I never really thought of it that way. 
I never really yeah. looked at like Clark Griswold as like awkward down on his luck yeah. guy who always deals with bad luck. Uh, but that's, that's that's what it is. Exactly who he is. And, and uh, the fact that the message of like Christmas and family, uh, mm-hmm. I think really resonates. And personally, I think it's deserving of being named the greatest holiday film of all time or whatever. I see. I didn't, when we set up the tournament, I didn't think that it would win. But I definitely thought it would be there till at least the end. I thought it would um, definitely make top four. For sure. For sure. So. I didn't know if it would get into the championship because I didn't know what was going to happen in the rest of that. Yeah. Like what movie was going to trickle through. Um, I wasn't surprised that it was Home Alone. Um, I was pleasantly surprised that it was Home Alone, actually. Uh, <laughs> And then on the other side of the bracket, the the rest of the final four was Elf and the How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the original cartoon from 1966. Yeah. Which, for me, far and beyond the biggest shock was it getting that far. Yeah. I love that special or whatever Same. you want to call it. But I didn't think that it would be the in the final four of the greatest holiday movie tournament. No. Um, for, I did not. No. Um, but like, so that's where the matchups got like interesting, you know, to see what, how certain things shook out. Um, I think the matchup that not when it started, cause at the start, we don't really know what's going to happen when we set these up, Yeah. but the matchup that like came to pass that I was the most interested in was Scrooged versus Jingle all the way because to that point, Scrooge had had Massive unbelievable runs. backing. And then Jingle All the Way, I had no idea that people were that hard for that movie. You know? Yeah. I had no idea. I'm pleasantly I loved surprised. That movie. Yeah. Pleasantly surprised by the support. Just watched it the other night. Me too. Yeah. Was thrilled that it's it made favorite. it into where it did. I think it got to the Elite Eight yeah. after it beat Scrooge yeah. and ultimately lost to Home Alone to go to the Final Four. Yeah. Um, which is like, I I couldn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, that, so that was another was so shock shocked. for me. Uh, I, I know, like, the big controversy was uh, we had Die Hard and mm-hmm. The Nightmare Before Christmas in round one. Um I mean, it's randomizer. It's just a matter of the (laughs) randomization of the bracket. Uh, Yeah. A lot of people were not happy. Uh, Understandably so. They chose Nightmare. They did. Which I was surprised by because you hear the diehard argument every fucking year. Yeah. Um, We centered my company's Christmas video uh, around one of those. (laughs) things um but yeah i was surprised that nightmare beat die hard and then in that same area of the bracket that was a rough returns yeah batman returns beat or was beaten by christmas story so then the second round matchup was christmas story versus nightmare which are two 
all-time favorites. Yeah. You know, so it was not easy any way through this. But Christmas Story won that, if I remember correctly, pretty handily. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't one of those where we had to, like, fucking mince it down to the last. Like, it was very clear that Christmas Story beat it, yeah. which I was surprised by. Because... I know we we dealt with a, a serious amount of protest voting towards some films, uh, or that against some films, I should say. That we did. Um, but a lot of people were revolting against Christmas Story because TBS plays it for 24 hours on Christmas Day. Yeah. And I don't know how that's the film's fault. Uh- <laughs> I think it's just because people are sick of it. They're so exposed to it. It's but ingrained. nobody has to watch it. And if you don't watch it, they're not going to fucking play it next year. But they watch it every year. People p- yeah, just they put fucking it hate on. watch that movie. They hate watch that movie. I'm convinced now, after doing this, that people hate watch Christmas Story on Christmas because they're already miserable. So they want to be more mad. <laughs> like there's no other way around. It, it makes now. sense. But yeah, I mean, there's no other way. the 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 votes were were cast, and yeah, certain films got the shaft. Uh, I know. You were saying to me earlier, uh, Noel, yeah, uh, kind of had a real tough spot. But I didn't. I it, I never saw the movie, so yeah, couldn't vote for. I it. didn't see it. I didn't see it until after the vote had already gone through for that one. Um, but it was up against White Christmas, which is like Amanda's one of her top favorite Christmas movies that I always avoid watching because it's just not. Not into that style of film. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's just not for me. And I know that it's not for me. I've tried to watch it. I don't like it. It's fine. If you like that movie, fucking watch the shit out of it. I'll never stop. I never stop her from watching it. I just don't pay attention because I don't care. You know? Um, we're going to have the hap- happiest Christmas since Bing, Gros- Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. Uh, <laughs> Which is a reference, obviously, to White Christmas. Um, but Noel, the Disney Plus exclusive, I think it launched with that it movie did. on it. It did. Um, which is, it's Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader playing brother and sister who are children to the current Santa Claus, who then uh, is retiring. And his son, the Santa Claus mantle is passed down like um, a kingship or something like that oh. would be. So his father and his father before him was Santa and his father before him was Santa Claus. So it's passed down to Bill Hader, who doesn't really want to be Santa Claus. He has no interest in it. But Anna Kendrick loves the idea of being Santa Claus, but she doesn't get to do anything because she's the oldest girl. She doesn't have any fucking role other than making everybody happy and making Christmas cards is like her fucking thing. Mm -hmm. But that film had so much world building in it and so much... Uh, mythology that they built into that and the way certain ways that people talk like things that they say uh, there's like like oh like damn it or shucked or whatever the fuck like she has a certain thing that she says for that uh, which was fucking hilarious and knocked us on our asses when we heard it the first time because it was so off-putting that you never hear somebody say something like that Uh, like oh graham cracker some fucking something like that it was so fucking adorable Um, that movie is fantastic and I can't recommend it enough. I thought it was fucking awesome. I was so into that movie. Well, I know, and I'm sad. I'm sad that it got bounced in round one, but it was White Christmas. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's a classic. Difficult. It's a staple of like yeah. Christmas films. But I think if Noel 
because uh, they do they do they typically do home releases for that stuff eventually, right? Yeah. Like, is that like on Blu-ray and DVD? I have no idea. I hope that it is because if that if you don't have Disney Plus and you can't watch it, if that's the way that you can watch it, f- spend five bucks out of the fucking bin at Walmart if it's there and pick it up. Maybe even ten. It might even be worth ten dollars in a Blu-ray wow. to fucking watch that movie every year because it's that fucking cute every year. If you're not gonna you have, would watch that every yeah. year. Absolutely. I would put that into the rotation of films that I watch every year. Wow. It was that good. Huge endorsement from the Yezzy household. <laughs> um, I know you said that you had some time. I mean, I really haven't had a lot of time to watch a lot of Christmas movies. So I'm like, yeah, especially like lately, I've just been picking and choosing which ones I need to watch. Um, I know you said you've been watching more of the ones that we yeah. did in the tournament. Are there any others? Especially... Especially because of the tournament, I was watching some of them just because they were available yeah. to me eventually. Like, I found them, um, be it I bought them fucking Blu-ray outright, which I probably shouldn't have for Surviving Christmas. Uh, <laughs> um, and there's a couple other ones that I watched. Uh, the Grinch from 2018, I watched the first time this year. Uh, Mixed Nuts I saw for the first time this year. Um, I know there's other ones that I'm not thinking of at the moment. But I also watched ones that I've seen before, like Office Christmas Party, Bad Santa, Why Him. Um, I do. I watched Dude, so many. Why of them Him so is far. such a funny movie. The night before, it really is. The night before. Can we the talk about before. how I'm so happy that film went as far as it did in this tournament? So I was surprised. I wish that it went as far as Office Christmas Party did. Yeah. Because Office Christmas Party is not as good to me as the night before. I agree. I agree. But I think if, if those two good, were switched... It would have, I'd be completely satisfied with how this happened. Yeah. Um, but That's not to knock yeah. Office Christmas Party. No, because it's funny in its own right. I just... If you were going to ask me which one I want to watch, I would probably say the night before because it's so fucking good. Yeah. yeah. There's so much... like. And that's the thing to me, because there's always the argument about what is or isn't a Christmas movie. And I think that that movie shows you what you can do with a Christmas movie. You know, Office Christmas Party 2 in in that way, because it's like, it's not the same shtick. Yeah. You know, it's not the, the family at the house or the family here or the family. It was like a different group of people coming together. To show you that a family could be really whatever you want it to be, as long as you say that. Yeah. Um. And on both counts, really. Um. That's the heart of the film. Yeah. That's the heart of what a Christmas film should be. Yeah. Saying all of that, um, to bring me to Elf, uh, which, uh, the I don't know the pariah of the fucking tournament, I guess. Basically, Uh, it feels like it. The most hated, but the most loved at the same time or something. Um, People like feel like they can't like that movie because Will Ferrell's in it, I feel like. But he's the whole fucking movie. They're like embarrassed that they like that movie. No, it's a great fucking movie. His performance in that movie is stellar. Incredible. Absolutely stellar. Because he's not he's not necessarily doing the same dumb older guy shtick there's levels to it there's reasons yeah. and the film takes the time to give you them yeah so if you're paying attention i don't know how you hate the message of that film because it's about reconnecting with like 
And that's what I love about what our final was. Yeah. It was Elf versus Christmas Vacation. So it was on one side about like the spirit of Christmas and what Christmas means to family. And the other one was having to have a family Christmas. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're two different concepts. And I think both films executed them expertly. Yeah. Um, Cause elf at its heart is about him finding his father and trying to reconnect with a man that he never knew. Yeah. And like, that's, a really hearted story that's layered in a lot of like fish out of water stuff. Yeah. Like really you know goofy I mean? fantasy yeah. elements, you know, like, but like the, if you're accepting the movie on its face, which is to say that like Santa Claus is a real living being, person. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then magic would have to then ex- exist. So why can't he, make 75 snowballs in two seconds and throw them like he's a fucking machine. You know what I mean? Like the magic would be there for it. But I love, I always loved about elf how it, it dealt with all of the stuff that it dealt with, but it circles back to what it's about, which is him being part of that family or at least being accepted a little bit by that family. Yeah. Like being able to share the, mm -hmm. the world's, the thing is, is that if you don't like Elf, but say that you enjoy Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, um, you're an asshole because it's the same fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, just with a little bit more steps, but it's the same yeah. basic premise of a film. <laughs> He's the reject that has is casted out and has to figure a way to come back. <laughs> like, that's the same fucking thing. Um, and, like, I, the design elements are, are like... <sighs> so inspired by those uh old movies and stuff and yep. it's it's great and that's why i personally love elf because yeah those are the movies that i watched growing up the so when bass i movies. think yep. of christmas i think of rankin bass yep rankin so, bass claymation owned the holidays because there's also for easter there's peter cotton yeah that i used to watch yeah, every fucking I, I used to watch those too but um, like that's but like that's why elf mm-hmm. i was so for elf because yeah. they it reminds me of of those they, films they had a difficult time in legal when they were doing the film yeah <laughs> because the costumes are a bit too on the nose yeah. for it but they wanted it to feel like he was coming from the same place yeah you know like and i fucking really appreciate that level of commitment and if you're talking bad about Elf and you're posting endlessly about the Mandalorian, you fucking moron, it's directed by the same guy. The same fucking creative power is behind it. So if you like one and you don't like the other, you're a shithead because they're the same fucking creative power. I hate that. I hate when people aren't linear about that shit. <laughs> like, Yeah, but people could, right. pe- people could dislike certain things that certain creators put out. I, I understand, like, not liking Will Ferrell from other things, but th- this isn't, th- this he's never done something like this before or really since. Yeah. He never, especially he, in his... he never really, like, sang a serious song no. with, like, another I mean, I know that lead. from watching SNL every week, yeah. that he's capable of doing Oh, this. yeah, but I'm saying, like, he's not perform like he he did a right. performance like he yeah. like sang like and yeah. it wasn't a comedy bit 
No, he wasn't he was doing it for laughs. Song. He was like, doing he was a duet. Just doing yeah. it. Yeah. So like, I don't know. There's so much about Elf that I appreciate. I love the fuck out of that movie. Yeah. I think it's fun. It's probably the one that we watch the most often, but it's on TV the most often. Yeah. So we just like put it on because we're like, oh, it's fucking Christmas. Let's watch a Christmas movie. If I don't feel like popping in a Blu-ray and Elf's on, we're watching Elf again. Yeah. Like, I don't care. The sheer technical achievements that they were able to like Oh, pull the Force off. Perspective. Oh, my God. And, and the very first stuff that they filmed for that movie was him walking around New York City in that fucking costume. Yeah. Just um, like... And none of that had a script. They were just like... They were just there doing it. And I... I mean, for me and you, the appreciation of just like one guy with a camera and just like you go yeah. and I'm going to capture this gorilla shit. shooting. <laughs> it doesn't matter that there's all those people standing there like staring at you. Just do no. it. Just do it. Because the fact that they're staring at you sells the point that we're making anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're in a fucking elf costume. Of course, they're going to stare at you. You know, and it's immediately it's immediately recognizable as an elf costume because it's burned into your brain from watching the Rankin Bass movies when you were a kid. Yeah, honestly, I was surprised in the tournament that the year without a Santa Claus went further than uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah, very surprised by that. Me because too. the one is basically a direct sequel to the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the fact that the original got booted early and then i think year without a santa claus went for one or two more rounds after that yeah, i was like wow and rudolph I, got killed by fucking christmas vacation on its way so yeah yeah that sucked I that think, sucked i think just positioning uh yeah could have seen this tournament shake out a little differently however yeah. i still feel christmas vacation might have wound up in the finals regardless yeah um it had the most consistent support yeah. throughout. And then when you look at what movies it beat, yeah, it had, I, there's nothing in that tournament that had even the slightest road that was similar. No. Like, like uh, Grinch 66, no fucking way did that movie struggle nearly as much to get through as Christmas Vacation did. Um, Christmas Vacation and then, beat Miracle on 34th Street. Which is a perennial classic. Like, right off the bat. First yeah. round. Yeah. Uh, killed it. it. Wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yep. Office Christmas Party. It's yep. a Wonderful Life. Home Alone. And then yep. finally Elf to take and the that, whole like, damn thing. That's basically, if we asked every follower that we have for a list of their top five Christmas movies... The movies that Christmas Vacation beat are going to be in almost every fucking list. And I guarantee you Christmas Vacation is probably in their lists. Oh, for sure. But, like, the fact that it beat, like, classic, classic, Office Christmas Party, classic, <laughs> classic, classic. Like, yeah. crazy, crazy fucking road uh, that it went down. But there was another matchup within the tournament that uh, we keep mentioning, the Grinch 66. Oh. The Grinch... Went up against the Grinch. Yeah, 2000's Jim Carrey Grinch got the boot yeah. from the cartoon, which really surprised me, honestly. I was shocked. Um, shocked. Which I I get. It's it like the other. original and everything, yeah. but like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just my age. Just I, I just, I really wanted to ask, like, 
is that really the one that you've seen more yeah. or watch more every year? Yeah, like, is that the one that you, when you think The Grinch, do you picture Jim Carrey or do you just picture, the like, cartoon. yeah. I will, I mean, all right, well, I'll be honest then. Because if you ask me if I think of The Grinch, what do I think of? I think of the gif of his smile expanding yeah. and curling. That's the p- image in my head yeah, all the time. Of that's the Grinch, true. You say the Grinch. But I guess like um, when you think the Grinch movie, like when you right. think like how the Grinch stole Christmas, like I think of the Jim Carrey movie. Yeah. I saw that in theaters. Me me too. I saw it in theaters with my dad and my stepmother. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I went with my um, younger brother to see that. My it, my dad. It, and it was fucking I mean, that movie's got a lot of problems, but it's funny. Oh, it's got a ton of it's problems. It's still very but, funny. But yeah, it's uh it's that that's a ton of fun that's another one that i also watched this year again having um, anthony I watched hopkins narrate i watched narrating. it too i watched it too yep amanda was like is that anthony hopkins and i was like yes dude yeah. fucking yes and i and i was saying to her when we watched it so i'll throw it out here for you um still have a hard time recognizing jeffrey tambor as that character because he just I don't know if it's just the facial application, but he just becomes a different person. I think it's the hair. The hair? I think it's and, the hair. Yeah, because it's just so much hair, and you're not used to seeing him with any room. Yeah. So that's probably it. But, like, every time I watch it, I'm like, fuck, that's right. He's in this. Yeah. <laughs> every time. He's so good. Yeah, and he's that he was phenomenal in that role, and I don't think that gets talked about enough. He was fantastic as that guy. Yeah. I don't remember his name for the life of me. Wing Flang Fugel or whatever. The, the mayor, whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, and like, and the concepts in that movie, because they, I mean, really, the Grinch is just that twenty minute cartoon. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So to flesh it out to a full feature length film, they had to come up with stuff. And I think what they did was really interesting. Yeah, and I mean um, they they had they had Jim Carrey, so like he's the I, driving. I heard somebody somebody said that that was one of the ugliest sets that they'd ever seen was Whoville in that movie, and I was like, really? It pretty much is off the page. Yeah, it's like that's the style and like that's the, the deco. Thing. It's the whole thing. Yeah, that's um, like the. Art I never deco. noticed this year. This year, twenty twenty. So 20 years since it's been out. The first year I realized that they had drinks as their hats in that movie. What? Cindy Lou Who has a saucer and a cup. Oh, yeah. And the cup has liquid in it and there's cookies on the plate. I've, I've seen never, that before. Yeah. Never noticed it until this year. I was like, is that a fucking glass of cocoa? And then I, her mom has a drink and several other people in the crowd. And I was like, what the fuck? It's Christmas threw me for a loop. It's yeah, Christmas threw me for a loop, dude. I had no idea. I never fucking paid attention to that. Um, but the big, I tweeted it to somebody who was talking about the Grinch 2000. But the the plot hole that I t- I told you the you thing told that me I found. That we've talked about the plot hole. Um, so he steals Christmas and everything that goes with it and brings it up to Mount Crumpet, right? And then has a change of heart, brings it back down to Whoville from Mount Crumpet, and then. The very last scene of the film is them having their big Christmas feast from the book and from the cartoon, and it's at Mount Crumpet. So they brought all of that shit back because his lair is decorated and they have all the food again. (laughs) So there's a colossal waste of time in this film. Uh, (laughs) But maybe there's not, maybe in Whoville there wasn't like a setting big enough 
Like there's not like a hall or a gymnasium somewhere that they could have had accommodated uh, a, everyone. The, the big curvy table that they had for the fun thing. <laughs> well, I mean, they didn't really carry everything back up the mountain. They probably just like threw it in the trash. I was thinking that. Did they garbage shoot it back? That'd be crazy. I what mean, if the decorations got destroyed? <laughs> that's true. I mean, someone also pointed out to me that the reason that the Grinch has Max, probably because someone oh, threw him away. As like a puppy, they just was like, boom, dump it to crump it. <laughs> that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. New layers. And that's why the Grinch is so fucking angry with them all the time. That's awesome. But something in the that Grinch movie becomes also that... John Wick. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm in for that. Holy shit! But it's it's Jim Carrey's Grinch yeah. as John Wick, J- doing John Wick shit with guns and everything, <laughs> fucking snapping necks and killing people with garbage. I'm and picturing stuff. this on SNL. They could call us whenever yeah. they want. We'll write that bit for them. <laughs> No, they had a fucking, I'll send you the skit that they did this past Saturday, dude. Holy fuck. We'll talk about Uh, that later, but. Yeah, I'll send it to you. If you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's amazing. But Pete Davidson is like Jim Carrey's Grinch. Oh my God. It's fucking awesome. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, But no, so something that I noticed was that they didn't, they never, they focus on the fact that he's hairy, but they never say anything about his coloring. Nobody ever says that he's green. Nobody says that he looks different than them or anything. They just say that he's hairy all the time, which I was like, are they tiptoeing around race? But then if you think about it, they don't really have to say that he's green because fucking he's clearly green as shit and they treat him like shit because of it. Maybe is that why? So was it like a was is it like a thing on race in that movie? Like what's happening? <laughs> like it's just this super meta commentary on like race. On race, yeah. And they straight up don't like him because he's hairy. No, <laughs> fuck that, dude. I don't buy that for a second. He ain't that fucking hairy. <laughs> he's not any more hairy than he is green, and he's green as shit. So. <laughs> and and Cindy Lou, who's just like, we just need to accept everybody. Yeah. <laughs> When she's going back and forth with the mayor yeah, on, like, yeah. the book. Arguing about what's well, what in the book. Well, what page is it on? I've, I've <laughs> lost my place. I know, I read it in here somewhere. <laughs> I've lost my place. The, the, the point is, he closes the book. That's that's uh, a great movie. That's, that's a movie that I, I love. But I'm, oh, so we should also mention um, Muppet Christmas Carol. Which had a very vocal following. Very incredibly. The most vocal, but yeah. somehow... Didn't, didn't beat Charlie Brown? Didn't beat Charlie Brown. Really? Muppet Christmas Party? Really? Um, no, I thought it was... I remember watching that. I don't remember it ever being a thing that I... Wa- I don't particularly care for any iteration of A Christmas Carol. <laughs> So, uh, your Muppet Christmas Carols, your Mickey Christmas Carols, your Jim Carrey 2009 Christmas Carols, Scrooged even, uh, I don't care about it. You know, I get that it's like a great fucking story and shit like that, but I've seen that story so many times in literally so many different fucking ways, I don't care for it anymore. FX tried to do, I think it was last year or the year before. Did you see that? Did you watch I any of that? I didn't watch it, but I heard oh like... My- 
God, dude. I heard mixed things. Oh, I've heard some good, some that bad. That first fucking episode felt like it was four and a half hours long. Just Isn't it only like three me. episodes? I don't know how many there were. It makes sense that there would be three because you could do one ghost for each move, each episode and roll the fuck out. But it got so into the weeds, man. Uh, I, wa- I literally watched some of it last year and just could not finish it. Oh, my God. It was so dark, but so fucking overwhelmingly boring. Overwhelmingly boring. It should have had uh, Muppets. It, if it had Muppets, it at, I at least am able to watch Muppet Christmas Carol to the end like I did this year. Because <laughs> it's another one that I watched. That's a movie that uh, I haven't seen in literal years. Yeah, it's on it's on Disney Plus. Um, is available there. That's how I watched it. Nice. Um, and so are all of the Home Alone movies. If you count the films after Home Alone 2 as movies, they're there. Uh, and the Christmas Claus movies, which if you count Christmas Santa Claus two and three after the Santa Claus number one, two which wasn't I don't, too bad. They're not canon to me, Jordan. Two wasn't that bad. They're fucking three was fucking films. horrible. They're horrible films. But and if you did, you listen to Dan Harmon flip the fuck out about the Santa Claus yeah, movies. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> but that's it uh 64 movies all the way down to one um you know and and maybe robert just maybe the greatest holiday films were the friends that we met along the way oh jordan that's sweet yeah you know i figured it's christmas it's our last episode of the year episode 49 i had for a second the score for home alone play in my head oh uh when you said that that's sweet i mean if if you are also listening or watching this you can also queue up home alone uh (laughs) go just pause this set it up in your thing Mm -hmm. set the music (laughs) up or, 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 I mean, or go to YouTube, open a new tab. There's a really, I was going to say, there's a much easier way to do it. Just play the song off of Spotify or something, Jordan. <laughs> no, you got people popping in fucking Get your physical and- media because <laughs> it's a dying thing and we need your support and stuff because yeah. digital's taking over the world, brother. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why this turned into a negative about that. <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God. I don't know. Um, oh. But yeah, so... Hopefully, um, you enjoyed this episode, obviously. I mean, obviously you did. That's what I meant when I said obviously. Uh, (laughs) um, But hopefully, you know, the tournament brought you some sort of holiday cheer through this fucking horrible realization of what the world is right now. Um, Maybe it made you smile one day when your movie fucking won when you were like i like that fucking movie and it won hopefully you were like yeah and santa's claus's sleigh took off a little bit more uh in elf because we brought the christmas spirit to you yeah um we have more ideas for tournaments in the future and we may do them sooner than later who knows if we're dying for content Uh that's true (laughs) Um, um maybe they'll be a little bit better planned out so we won't have to have two matchups a day for a month uh, but I appreciate you guys sticking with us for it because everybody seemed to be game because there's nothing else going on. So we appreciate that uh, for tolerating us 
constantly blasting that shit out at you. Yeah, thank you uh, so much. Uh, yeah. I mean, everyone really stepped up, interacted, and stuff. Made this a lot of fun. Makes it all yeah. worth it, you know. It does because um, a lot of people were messaging us like privately and telling us about oh i love this movie i hate this movie i can't believe this is winning and like way more than with any of the other content that we put out so that's to me what made it worth it was um i don't want to say the name of the podcast wrong because i can't remember it specifically uh but the one guy messaged us early on and was like me and my wife went through the bracket and decided what we think is going to win. So they were like March Madnessing our bracket that we put out, which is the ultimate goal, really, in in doing that. So yeah. I love that that they went him and his wife, who I'm assuming doesn't use Twitter and probably doesn't listen to his own podcast rather than just any any other podcast, really. You know, like I'm just assuming that that's what the situation is. But he showed her, and then they fucking went through it together, which I love. I love that. Yeah. Um. So much cool shit, so many cool interactions. We loved uh, throwing that out there for you guys. So hopefully this episode is like uh, the the little ribbon on top of the greatest gift that you got this year, but it's definitely not a PS5. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, so thank you everyone for watching and or listening on your preferred yes. podcast platform or YouTube uh, for that matter. Hopefully it's YouTube so you can see our wonderful faces. Yeah. But if you're listening to it on your preferred podcast platform, is it Spotify? Is it Apple Podcasts? Let us know. Uh, yeah, I'm curious because I don't. we don't ever push like the Spotify part of it. Yeah. So I'm always like data curious as to or whatever. Who, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, if you want, you can let us know on social media. You can find us Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At Pop Cannon, don't forget the K. The K for Christmas. No, the K for Claws. The K, the K for Kringle. Kringle, okay. Code word is Santa's got a brand new bag. <laughs> I see a professional the... came into your house overnight, Robert. Did it? Did a professional I... come? There? Yeah, we set this up. Uh, I can't, for whatever reason, when I use my Skype get one of the fancy backgrounds so i had to resort to going to party city to hang that one up <laughs> it's professional someone from corporate it is. came in yeah <laughs> but, uh, but yeah so uh if you... i didn't get the bit until just now <laughs> oh shit so the confusion in that guy's voice uh, so if you would like to, you could also find us, uh, individually. I Jordan can be found on Instagram and Twitter at JL 24 FPS. And I am still Robert and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Yesball. So this has been episode 49 of pop cannon. Thank you so, so, so much for sticking with us, for yes. interacting with us, just showing support. You know, anything, a like, a comment means the world to us. It does. Um, And we had several of them for every, both matchups every day. Everybody was participating all the way to the end, which I didn't know if support was going to pick up or drop off. (laughs) And it kind of stayed right on par. Everybody was in it from the beginning uh, and really enjoyed it. So that's, that's fun and exciting. Um, But we'll definitely do more of these in the future. We did greatest superhero which we determined was batman 
Uh, we did greatest 90s cartoon, which we determined was Animaniacs. And now we've determined the greatest holiday movie of all time. And that was Christmas Vacation. That's it. Yeah. So uh, I would say right now, shitter's full, Jordan. We got to go dump that motherfucker outside. <laughs> Let's get yeah. the fuck out of here. <laughs> so uh, for Pop Cannon, stay tuned for uh, plenty of new content coming in 2021 from us. At Pop Cannon, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Hopefully everyone stays safe and healthy. I'm Jordan. I'm Robert. And good night. <laughs> <laughs>